Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to SheerClarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh. Hey there, everyone. Jay Kevin McHugh here, the host of Sheer Clarity. And welcome to the first episode. Man, it's been a long time in my brain getting this together. We're going to have a great time. It's finally launched. I can't believe it. What we're going to talk about this episode is what Sheer Clarity is. The concept, the idea what my audience is going to get by listening. And also, I'll tell you a little bit about me as well. Then we'll go from there. But before I do that, I really want to introduce my co-host and my producer, Matt Passy. I met Matt basically via Google. And after searching around for the right person to help me get this podcast off the ground, I landed on him. And he's a special guy. Matt, I'd love for you to say hello and tell the audience about who you are and how awesome you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Kevin. It is a joy to be here. We have been chatting for a little while now, and I could also tell right after our first call that this was going to be a fantastic relationship, a fantastic project. I think you are also a really special talent with some great ideas and a big heart. I'm excited to be able to help you share that with your audience and hopefully with an even larger audience than you have the joy of talking to these days. Amen. One of the things that I want the audience to know is that this is kind of the culmination of this 28-year run. I actually needed to go do my own thing, and I figured that out 30 years ago. I actually figured it out the hard way. I just kept getting fired (laughs) because I'm a handful. (laughs) I was a sales guy, a sales management guy, a VP of sales, and eventually president of a company. I grew some businesses. I was in a big business that was international, and then I went to smaller businesses, which are family-held, closely owned. That's where it gets interesting. That can be a podcast of its own, the joys of being a hired gun in a family business. But eventually, it was pretty clear. I'm a free spirit, need to be on my own, and that's how it got started. Then I had this connection with the YPO world because I was a YPOer for the audience. YPO stands for Young Presidents Organization global organization, been around almost 60 years. And it started as a group of a half a dozen or a dozen CEOs talking to each other, realizing it's lonely at the top. And they started becoming quite supportive. Fast forward 50, 60 years, and there's 25,000 CEOs around the world. Wow. These CEOs are at the top of the pyramid in most of their industries. And one of the elements that they partake in, the value add from the organization, is a very small group called a forum. And there's eight to 10 of them. They can become a confidential board of advisors to each other. And I was in one of those. And then when I started my business, one connection led to another, and I became a trainer of the moderators of these groups. And that took off. After a while, I look back and I probably sat down in a room in a small circle helping CEOs get open and honest and intimate, and I'm figuring it's close to 3,000 CEOs, maybe more. That evolved into my coaching practice, which has now probably got several hundred CEOs that I've talked to intimately. I have clients now that have been with me 10 years, and I'm coaching not only the CEO, but members of the C-suite team. So there you have it in a quick nutshell. 
I've had a very deep immersion into what it's like to be a leader, and I have a passion for emotional intelligence and self-awareness and getting a grip on your stuff and how you roll and helping leaders develop what I call leadership by attraction. You can see it when it's in action. They're the kind of leader when they walk into the room, the temperature comes down, people smile, they are so happy. That's to be contrasted with the opposite of that. I've had a lot of the opposite of that in my life. I've worked for a few of the opposites of that in my life. Yeah, I'd be curious, maybe we can springboard of that. When you did encounter that, what was it like? What's your most vivid memory of one of these negative, toxic styles? The overwhelming urge to want to leave. You just didn't want to be there anymore. And it didn't matter how much money you were making. It didn't matter how much you enjoyed the job. Not that I ever sabotaged it, but part of you just didn't want to help that person succeed because you felt they didn't deserve it. But the other part of you just knew that you were not valued and you wanted to go somewhere where you thought you could be valued. And so I think a lot of people seek that even if they don't say it overtly or know it overtly. Here's what's interesting. I'd be curious. Did you ever imagine telling this particular boss what you thought? Oh, God, no. It was my first job early in my career, and I was petrified to say anything because I knew he controlled the keys to my life. If I said something and got the ax, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what other doors he could close. I didn't know what bridges I was burning. I mean, I worked in a very incestuous industry, and so pure terror to say anything. It's so true. And by the way, If you can't imagine a person who's just walking around trying to be the kind of leader that's successful and capable, and you have people who are basically scared of you and don't want to tell you what they really think, and to top it off, they have a lot of negative feelings about you, (laughs) you're the boss and you got negative mojo and it's building around you, and you don't even know it exists. You've heard the term passive-aggressive, right? Sure. That's kind of like when a guy's walking down the street and he's about to go through an open manhole cover. I know it's happening. I don't think I'm going to tell him. (laughs) (laughs) Really? What would cause you to do that? (laughs) Well, because the guy's, I can't stand him. (laughs) You could say he's a dick. (laughs) So now I want you to picture that. And I want you to picture that at the top of an organization that's exploding in growth going crazy. Maybe you're the founding entrepreneur and you got this thing. You started with 30 people in your garage and now you got 250 and you're on your way to 500. I mean, you lose touch. You don't get to be yourself. You are sort of figuring it all out. You can take that and turn it into a family business. Now you're the second or third generation. People are accusing you of the silver spoon. You actually wonder whether or not you could get the same kind of job if you had to do a resume and go on the streets that you have now because you're the CEO and you happen to be the son or daughter of the founder. So you got lots of different ways that people get into these positions of power, but the essence of sheer clarity is how can I help them get in touch with how they actually are perceived in the world, how their core energy, their core behavioral foundation, their core sense of self-image impact how they roll, how they're perceived and how they're seen and how they're engaged. And then how do I take that and how do I build that into this self-management skill set? How do I 
work with who I am and my stuff. And that starts to get dicey because now you've got to actually admit a couple of things. Like, I have weaknesses. I have flaws. I have blind spots. No. I really see it in the Fortune 1000 companies. Like, once you walk onto the executive floor, the feeling is wild. Everybody's like, whoa, this is where it's happening, right? And they're just people. There really are people, but they're isolated. We don't call it an ivory tower for nothing, do we? That's true. So by definition, as you move up in the hierarchy and you get more power and more leadership, you actually start getting more and more potential to be isolated. And you start closing off avenues of feedback. And feedback is one of the core things that you need to grow. So in the show, what I kind of wanted to do is just identify this term sheer clarity. Should we tell the audience? Before we tell them what sheer clarity is, I think we could also just go through a little bit of the evolution of how we got to this point. So you approached me, you wanted to launch a podcast. Why did you think that a podcast would be an effective way to get the word out there? Oh man, this is a perfect example of a time when I have to give my wife every single ounce of credit. (laughs) You should tell everyone her name because I know she's going to come up a lot on the show. (laughs) This is my wife, Mary, the love of my life. Mary and I met on a blind date at the age of 50, about 15 years ago. My first wife had passed away from ovarian cancer. I had a business client in Michigan. I'm here in Cleveland. And as the story goes, I heard this later, he and a couple of buddies who knew Mary put Mary and me together in their conversation. And the phrase was, wow, that could be amazing or a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, I mean, then I should be driving out to Detroit and having a date. And that's how it all happened. It turned out to be one of the most amazing things of my life. We can mention that in another show, but the essence is we have been talking. I've had this idea probably since 2010. I like to sharpen my own saw, so I went to the Halftime Institute. And it was two days of me whiteboarding my trajectory and my path and where am I headed, what's my dream. And I just came up with this idea that one day I want to do a one-man play, just a show. And I want to just kind of use my fun side, my theatrical skills. I love to play, and I haven't really played that much in my career, and I want to play now. So it was a theater idea, and one day, Mary just looked at me and said, I don't know why you're thinking of this theater thing. It's a lot of work. It's get a production together. There's a lot of moving parts, and what are you going to get? A couple hundred people, and that's it? Podcasting, honey, that's where you need to be. And that was it. She was spot on. So we connected. We started to talk about the concept, your background, what we were going to do with this, how we were going to get it out there. And at one point, we had the perfect name for the show. We were all excited. Mary was on board even too. Luckily, though, we put the kibosh on that. Originally, we were going to call it Get Naked with J. Kevin McHugh. Get Uh, Naked with J. Kevin McHugh. Which it wasn't just for shock's sake. I mean, there was a real idea behind getting naked. You want to explain like why that worked? Basically, the phrase is associated with stripping down your armor, letting yourself be fully known, stop playing a game, stop trying to look like you have your act fully together because you don't. And a lot of this was spawned off of some great work by a woman by the name of Brene Brown. She's been around a while now. She's a staple in the business world of vulnerability and courage. She's got a load of books 
But her original premise was as a researcher, and she did a TED talk that she thought might be seen by a couple hundred people. And then within hours, it's got 50,000 hits. So here's what I use the term vulnerability as. It's allowing yourself to admit that you've got some weaknesses. It's allowing yourself to admit that there may be unattractive parts of your life, maybe your own behavior. Maybe there's shame associated with it. You've made mistakes. Maybe it's about something that happened to you in your early career or your childhood, and you still kind of carry the pain of that. So what happens, and Brene Brown kind of launched this world of this conversation, it becomes a way in which people get to know each other at a heart level. I've been doing it now for a long time, even before she became popular. I wish I could have been her with a great brand on vulnerability, but I've been teaching people to be open and be okay with being exposed and learning how to trust each other. And then when you do expose yourself in an appropriate way, and I've coined the term appropriate vulnerability, because in a business world, you do have to walk a fine line, and that's a judgment call I can talk about at another show. But in the end, get naked was just a cute phrase that we used for getting open and vulnerable and what have you. Also, we like the shock value a little bit. Well, the shock value was good, yeah. But, you know, thanks to the Kavanaugh hearings and my wife's, once again, brilliant insight, remember the three of us were together. We were talking about it, and then all of a sudden, she just looked up and goes, "Uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh, that's not going to work. Yeah, no, it was a good call. Obviously, the last year has been an important pivot point highlighted by the Me Too movement and things that happened to Les Moonves of the world, the Bill Cosby's of the world. And while we all enjoyed the idea in the beginning, on second thought, we realized it was a little insensitive. It probably would have not conveyed the right message. So in those conversations in trying to figure out what this brand should be moving on from there, you were spitballing and then just out of nowhere... I don't even think you realized you had said it. You were talking, you were explaining what this whole concept is about, what that vulnerability looks like, what it means to open up and get yourself exposed to everybody else, which is probably also terrible phrasing as I'm saying it out loud. Um, (laughs) In the midst of like a two or three minute monologue that you were giving to the three of us, somewhere buried in there, you said the phrase sheer clarity. And I immediately wrote it down as you were talking and went back to it. And when I said that word back to you and to Mary, everyone just went, yep, exactly, exactly. So now how do we define sheer clarity? I mean, I know you kind of went through how you think about leadership, how you help leaders, but this term is now new. We have invented this term. We should probably trademark this term. But how do you define sheer clarity for everybody listening today? The first thing that really comes to my mind is pointing the term sheer clarity inwardly. You are absolutely clear about who you are, your identity, your makeup, your history, your story, your psychology, your emotions. You're the kind of person who takes the time, which is a whole problem that we have. Nobody takes the time to be quiet and reflective. But if you did it, you would map out and understand 
as much of yourself and your core motives and your hard wiring as you possibly could. You were clear. So when stuff comes out of you, you could actually know where it came from. And you sense before it even comes out where it's coming from. That's sheer clarity looking inward. Then you need sheer clarity looking outward. You need to be able to look out at the people around you and the world around you. And you need to see it clearly. You need to understand it. You need to face it. You need to have the core reality of what's in front of you with unvarnished, unencumbered, crystal clear, the brutal truth, the brutal reality. Actually, as I'm talking right now, I remember the book Good to Great. And there was a part in there called The Stockdale Paradox. Have you ever heard of it? I have not. It's about a guy, Admiral Jim Stockdale. He shot down, I think, in the Vietnam War. And he's in the Hanoi Hilton. And he was there for seven years. Survived the brutality of that experience. And when Collins interviewed him, he said, how did you survive when there are other guys who had only been there a year and they died after a year? And he said, I think when I look back at it is, I had two things going on, and they're a paradox. One is, I knew and believed beyond the shadow of a doubt I'm getting out of here. I'm surviving. I'm not going to die here. I'm going to have a day when I'm going to tell this story, I'm going to tell this experience. But at the same time, he faced the brutal reality that it was unlikely that he was going to be getting out of there anytime soon. He was going to get beaten. He was going to starve. He just faced it. And he said what he thought happened to a lot of the guys who didn't make it was that they were basing their hopes on unrealistic assumptions. Hey, it's only six months to Christmas. They're not going to let us be in here. We're going to get rescued by Christmas. I know. And that's how they kept themselves going. But they weren't facing the brutal reality. That's not happening. So then Christmas would come and go, and then Easter would come and go, no, I know it'll be by Easter. And he said, essentially, he felt some of them died of a broken heart. They lost their will because they kept disappointing themselves. And it's because they never really faced the reality. So sheer clarity is just the composite description of who am I and all the complexity of my psychology and my spirit, my humanity, my belief systems, my assumptions, the way I talk to myself. And then what is this world I'm in and who's out there? And that crystal clear and sheer clarity about what's my job, what's my mission, what's my goal, crystal clarity about the people I'm working with. One of the great skills of the leaders I like to see attractive, they care about their people. They literally care. They love them, close to loving them. Well, and it's funny you say that because I talked about my first boss. And when I think about my second boss, to this day, she is a dear friend of mine. And she was firm. She was the boss. She was in charge. She got us to do things better and pushed us. But she also loved all of us. And it's felt to this day. Yep. And so here's like a little learning moment for the listeners. You can't love anyone beyond the level at which you love yourself. Wow. That's important stuff. So as we're moving forward, the first few episodes of Sheer Clarity, we are going to talk about what you call the three legs of the stool, trust, honesty, and vulnerability. Very quickly, tell us what that's about so that people know what to expect in the next few episodes. These are just the core elements. Everybody's got their own little version of a model. These are mine. Number one is trust, and trust is usually not understood. So we'll unpack what I mean by trust. 
There's two giant branches of trust in the workplace. Uh, one is the way people trust your competencies, your ability to get results, your intellect, your knowledge of the stuff you're supposed to know, etc. The other one is your character. And that's your integrity and your honesty, your authenticity. The second one is honesty. Honesty, again, we'll unpack it in two or three different ways. Are you honest with yourself? Again, using the Stockdale terminology, are you brutally honest with yourself, your flaws, your foibles, your weaknesses, and how well do you know yourself? There's another part to honesty, which is how honest are you with other people? That becomes a skill and it becomes a core way of, am I going to tell the truth when I'm not happy with someone? And how do I do that without disconnecting from them? And then the third level of that is, are you the kind of person who people are honest with you? That's a big one. We might even do two shows on that because if you're starved for people giving you feedback, you have no way of getting better. I actually just worked with a client two days ago. We were talking about somebody I'm going to be working with. And guess what the issue is? The executive knew instinctively to ask for feedback and said, look, is there anything I can do better? And guess what? Two or three people took a chance. Like, yeah, well, here's what you could do better. And guess what happened? The executive got defensive and started yelling at him. Okay, we're way behind the curve now. That trust is already broken. Now we're in repair. That's trust and that's honesty. And the last one is appropriate vulnerability. What is appropriate for an executive to say or share about the nature of who they are as a person and to the extent to which you can allow yourself to be seen as not perfect, flawed? It's a delicate topic, and I've just used the term appropriate in front of the word vulnerability because I want people to realize <laughs> you're not going to get completely naked. You're going to have to make some judgments along the way. At least not in this version of the show. Yeah. <laughs> But I think this is also what we want people to capture, what we want the audience to know, is that this isn't some scripted, boring rant. These are true, genuine words of someone who's an expert at this and who really wants to help everybody make improvements in the way that they lead. And truthfully, it goes beyond that. It goes, it goes to how they live their life. And I think you've done a great job at that, at explaining that, and I think everybody's, you know, you're going to do a great job in this series, uh, you know, providing that kind of insight for people. And so I just want to thank everyone who has joined us on this inaugural episode of Sheer Clarity. Uh, if you have any comments, if you have any feedback, we would love to hear from you. Uh, you can head on over to SheerClarity.com. There's a form at the bottom of the page you could fill out and let us know or email us directly, Kevin at SheerClarity.com. Dot com. That's the best way. We really do want to you know, get your feedback. And if you've enjoyed this content and if you're still listening, we assume that you did. Please join us on the next episode. We are going to start a two-part series on trust. Uh, it's going to be some really great content. Uh, we're excited to bring it to you. And just in general, if you're listening and you haven't, head on over to SheerClarity.com. You will find show notes related to this episode. You will find links so that you can subscribe for free to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app and all the different ways that you can connect with us on social media. You'll also find just a host of incredible resources that will help you gain sheer clarity as you become the consummate leader by attraction. Again, it's all at sheerclarity.com. I'm Matthew Passy. He is the great J. Kevin McHugh, and we will see you next time on Sheer Clarity. <laughs>